Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. Took my boots off. Wore my boots for the first time today because it's so snowy. I was looking up at the TV right when we started. Thanks for joining us, by the way. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Because I was wanting to see if me taking off my boots was the first shot you got because I was just coming up right out to it. There's like a 15-second delay on the camera. I was trying to get my snow boots off so I could just be you know, comfy in the warm studio with all of you. Amazing how quickly... Uh, the weather can change here in the state of Montana. I hope you're staying warm out there, and uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us. ton of stuff to get to today. Uh, we're going to keep on talking college football because, of course, we are. Uh, we have uh, Across the Sidelines that we do twice a week where we uh, have interview subjects from opponents of both Montana and Montana State. We'll hear from Aaron Best, the head coach of Eastern Washington, tomorrow. We'll hear from Spencer Brash, the quarterback of the Cal Poly Mustangs, here in just about, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. We're also going to hear from, uh, by the way, Cal Poly hosting Montana State, uh, Eastern Washington playing at Montana. So we'll hear from Bobby Houck today, Aaron Best tomorrow to get you set up uh, for this Grizz game. We also will have our college game day uh, pregame show uh, before Montana's last regular season home game. So uh, still working out the logistics of that, but plan on being down at the Chamber of Commerce parking lot couple hours before the 1 p.m. kickoff. We'll be live on these radio airwaves for sure between 11 and 12.30 leading up to the 1 p.m. kickoff uh, between uh, Eastern Washington, a struggling Eastern team, uh, and the Montana Grizzlies. Here from Bobby Houck about 4.30. We're also going to give you an update on the all-class volleyball tournament. What a extravaganza this event is, and it goes by so fast. It's so much action, and it also gives us just a couple – you know, so many different new things to talk about. So give me an update of what's going on at in the all-class volleyball tournament. Uh, several different varying classifications have varying dynasties within them. Billing Central has uh, been the team to beat in Class A for quite some time. Huntley Project's been the team to beat in Class B for the better part of 20 years, almost two straight decades for the Red Devils. And uh, Manhattan Christian lately been the team to beat in Class C. Double A seems a little bit more wide open. Helena High was super good this year uh, in the West. Billing Senior, very good, very talented. Uh, Great Falls CMR, the defending state champion at the double-A level. So actually, uh, as we do this, about 45 minutes from now, it will actually be my, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, I'll probably look on the commercial break, but I haven't seen anything since the opening round matches today, the the 10 a.m. matches. Uh, Saw a couple results there, got a couple results into our daytime sports center. Um, But... I haven't seen it, so it'll be an unveiling for me, too. So I'll do that about 4.45. We also have our all-football, all-the-time segment, a NFL conversation, uh, and a look at some of the betting lines and over-under totals. It's our Sports Bet Montana, all-football, all-the-time. Brooks Nuana is our new contributor on that segment. Uh, he and I were only able to catch up for about 15 minutes this week on the betting lines. Still tons of great information. I took some of Brooks's bets to the machine last week, and... Uh, Made myself some some moolah, so that was good. You can check out my uh, personal Twitter feed, Coulter underscore Nuanez, to see some of uh, our best bets and uh, some of the the, the winning tickets, uh, as it were. And then 5.30, we're going to hear from Allison Lawrence. She is the head volleyball coach at the uh, University of Montana, and it's rivalry weekend, Cat Grizz weekend here uh, in Missoula. 
So um, fun to catch up with Coach Lawrence. I'll be, uh, I, I felt sort of embarrassed uh, today because it's been a really long time since I covered a college volleyball match in Missoula. Uh, truly, actually, I think it's been uh, two full years since I covered a match here in Missoula. And before that, it had been probably, whew, man, probably like, 12 to 14 years since I had. So uh, I was texting the guys down at Montana Sports Info, uh, the Cackers volleyball game, 7 p.m. at the Adams Center on Friday night. And uh, I'll say, hey, I, I don't know what the media procedure is for for uh, for Montana volleyball, but I, I really want to come. And so they, they told me, oh, you're, you're all good. We'll, we'll have you on the list, whatever. Um, but just funny. Uh, but... I think it is an undertold story right now in, in sports uh, in, in Montana. The Montana landscape of sport uh, is that college volleyball is pretty darn good, and and that hasn't been the case. Uh, you know, at two two universities that are putting a high priority on certainly football, um, definitely men's and women's basketball, and in Montana State certainly track. Volleyball has kind of been the one that's gone by the wayside, but there's been a great crop. Well, there's always actually, for about the last 15, 20 years, there's been great volleyball players in the state of Montana, Division I caliber players. But then there was a trend of a lot of those high-level players going out of state to, to, you know, even compete in the Power 5 ranks. Now a lot of the best players from the state of Montana stay in home, and that's helped the Grizz and the Cats both be much better. They, this uh, Both of them are, are certainly in the mix in the top half of the league. The Grizz have spent time in first place. At uh, this exact moment, their overall record, their best start in 23 years. So uh, Friday night down at the Adams there should be fun. So we'll catch up uh, with Allison Lawrence, the uh, the head coach of the Grizz volleyball team here, about 530. You want us now ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, and... The ESPN MT app. That's our show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions uh, you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. You want to stream the show, ESPN MT app will do it for you. You can also head on over to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Uh, ESPN MT app, also a great way to stream Grizz Hockey. We'll have Grizz Hockey action for you uh, on the radio uh, Friday night and Saturday night, 7.30 puck drop from the uh, Glacier Ice Rink. And stay tuned. uh, In probably about 20 minutes, we'll have some Grizz Hockey tickets for you as well. Got a four-pack of tickets to each of the two uh, next two nights, uh, courtesy of Katie O'Keefe's. So here's how our Katie O'Keefe's giveaway works. We got four tickets for you. Four times two. So we'll just do the the Friday tickets today. We'll do the Saturday tickets tomorrow. But we take your calls. Whoever's the winner, you go down to Katie O'Keefe's. You pick up your tickets. They have all the tickets there already ready for you. And uh, then you drink a pitcher of beer on the house. I guess on on us, on Katie O'Keefe's and on ESPN Radio. And uh, and you walk on over to the Grizz Hockey Game and you have yourself a splendid time. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Uh, So stay tuned for that. We'll have some Grizz Hockey tickets for you. Uh, coming up. Let's jump into our Across the Sideline. It's presented by Vance Thompson Vision. Vance Thompson Vision, helping you see across the sideline all season long, whether uh, you want to find out about their premier LASIK eye surgery or you have some cataract issues or any other thing you might need with your eyes, visit VanceThompsonVision.com. Uh, Vance Thompson Vision, helping you see across the sideline. Uh, all season long. Spencer Brash, the uh, quarterback for the Cal Poly Mustangs, coming up here in just a little while. Uh, But I want to bring in Andrew. Andrew Houghton, our producer in the back, also a contributing writer at SkylineSportsMT.com. The the most resonating takeaway I have from last Saturday's game in Missoula that you and I, I I shall say, uh, endured (laughs) is that Cal Poly is just not that they, they were so disappointing to me. They were so far behind even what I thought that they would be. And uh, so I haven't really been able to wrap my mind around analyzing the Grizz, if they improved or not, or if, if they are gaining some momentum back going into the stretch run of the season because I just can't stop thinking about the opponent that was in Missoula. Now they have to play against uh, the first-place team in the conference in Montana State with the Bobcats coming to town. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, they'll get this one... 
at home in San Luis Obispo, so maybe that makes a Helps. difference. Uh, I What I saw last Saturday was just a team that couldn't stop anybody or anything, right? They had no real desire to tackle. That That's, that's not a great thing for a college football defense. Yeah, and who stood out on that defense? I mean, was there... Their, their, their corners, I thought their corners stood out. Their corners each had pass breakups in the end zone that saved touchdowns, and it could have been even worse than 57 nothing. But you're right. I, I, I can't even really tell you the numbers because they were kind of just all... Swallow it up on every play. It was hat on a hat, and there was only you know you couldn't even see seven of the eleven guys for Cal Poly on defense because they were just getting blocked pretty much perfectly uh, by the Montana offense. Well, that's what I'm saying, Coulter. Were there plays from Cal Poly's defense that you remember, other than like you said, the one pass breakup and then the interception in the end zone? Like I didn't see. I'm not sure I saw a Cal Poly player make a one-on-one tackle there. Just come up and, right. and make a nice hit in the hole. And that's and that's that's what football. Has become. I mean, right. f- NFL through high school, but particularly at the high school and college levels, get your playmaker the ball in space, make the other guy make a mistake. That's what it's all about. It's about making make, kids make mistakes. <laughs> and Montana wasn't even really doing anything crazy. They were actually more like not even getting their ball the ball in space, just getting the ball to players and just running through contact over and over again. It was uh, certainly. Uh, Good performance by the Grizz, but it was not a great performance by Cal Poly. Well, that's exactly what Mike Kramer said yesterday on the ESPN Roundtable. That's what the math of the game is now. You're in so many one-on-one matchups on defense because otherwise you can't cover your gaps, especially with the threat of the quarterback run, and it just none of Cal Poly's players were winning their individual one-on-one matchups. And that's, I think, the the part that was the most startling is there's going to be disparity in the big sky for sure, and you know, there's games that some of the top teams in the big sky, like the Cats and the Grizz and Sac State and Weber State, where they're, they're top 22. A lot of the guys on their side are better than their counterpart uh, on the other side. But there's always a few players that you're like, oh, that guy would be, be good at every every team. They, that guy could play anywhere. And just not on every play, right? Even if sure. you're a step below the guy who you're going against, you're not getting blown off the ball on every play. But, like, yeah, Coulter, I mean, that Idaho State game that I watched down in Pocatello, there were guys on ISU's defense who you're like, yeah, you know, I could see this guy. Sure. I'm, I'm watching this guy make a bunch of good plays right out in front of me. I didn't see any of that really from Cal Poly. Yeah, for sure. And then that's where you just wonder how much of an uphill battle this is going to be. I agree being back down in Central California certainly helps them. I, You know, the Grizz were going to, to just completely ambush whoever they played. They were just going to completely just run roughshod over any overmatched opponent in the scenario that they'd just experienced no wins for 34 days when you think you're going to be a national championship contender, but also you think that maybe you could be back to being a national championship contender if you can get back on track. So they were going to run it up on whoever they played, uh, yet it just was accentuated by then the skies opening up, Cal Poly basically giving up. So I do think it'll be better for them being back in the warm weather uh, of San Luis Obispo, but... They're, if they give up 400, I know the transitive property never works like that. Every game is unique unto itself, and each performance is, is unique unto itself. But if you just gave up 412 yards rushing to a team that's averaging about 150 on the ground, who's been a very middle-of-the-road team running the football this year in the Montana Grizzlies, and then you go play the best non-triple option running team in the United States of America at the FCS level in Montana State... The transitive property says the Cal Poly is really in trouble uh, trying to stop the Bobcat run game on Saturday. Well, and it could be even worse because the thing from last Saturday, Coulter, the Grizz didn't even have any big plays. They're well, longest... The Grizz haven't had a big place since September. Fair enough. I'm just pointing it out in the <laughs> they, context they did of have playing a couple, Cal Poly. Had, I, mean, I mean, Nick Ospo and Isaiah Childs each had probably touchdown runs in the 40s, right? And those were the Childs great... had a 43-yarder. Nick yeah. Osmo, I think his longest carry was like 33 yards. 33 yards. Okay. Those are still, <laughs> by Montana standards, big plays, though. I mean, the Grizz had... This is a real statistic, actually. The Grizz had not had a play over 29 yards in the month of October. So to get those was uh, a breaking of a streak that Montana did not want to encompass. But regardless, uh, you're right. And, and Tommy Milan will be ripping off 60-yarders, though. That's exactly right. And, and, okay, so last thing before we get to Spencer Brash, because I think this is just an interesting question. The, uh, the, the conversation around Tommy Malott has been 
uh, pretty much omnipresent and constant since he first came to Montana State out of Butte High School, let alone when he first got in the starting lineup and all that. And every time you watch him, there's stretches and sometimes long stretches of time where he looks um, he looks sporadic and he looks up and down. And then there's other times and you're like, who is this kid? Is this guy like the second coming? This guy is ridiculous. And so where are you at with, with Tommy Malott? Well, the thing with Tommy Malott that makes him so difficult to evaluate, Coulter, is that those jaw-dropping stretches tend to be in the important parts of games, right? That's right. There was a, I, you know, I went back and watched the Montana State-Northern Arizona game, and that was such a great matchup uh, because that was a matchup, let alone between the two teams, but between two young quarterbacks who a lot of people think could be the, the face of this league in Tommy Malott and R.J. Martinez. And you can read what I thought about R.J. Martinez in that game in this week's Big Sky Scramble. But anyway, there was a long period of that game where Montana State wasn't hitting those fade balls down the sideline. They were just missing a couple. Willie Patterson couldn't make a couple contested catches. Tommy Malott threw a couple balls just a little too far out of bounds for his receiver to go get them. Yeah. And they couldn't do anything on offense. That was that second quarter that Taylor Housewright was talking about. We looked the worst we have all year yeah. and let Northern Arizona back into that game. But then you come down to the end of the game, and Tommy Malott makes one of the plays of the season. That throw That's was right, right rolling That's out. That's right. He, he's, he's so up and down. But at this point in his career, when it comes down to it, he's always been the guy. In those important moments. For sure. Nuance well, now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The other thing you got to understand about Malat, but also the Bobcat offense, is they run a very, I shouldn't even say sophisticated, but a, a very varied uh, outside zone slash read option based offense that also includes a variety of run pass option plays out of the read option. Okay. There's such scrutiny from people that I hear that are haters on Tommy Malott that say he can't make all the throws. You're right. He can't make half the throws, but, and also there's games like he has against Northern Arizona where he's sailing the ball on those back shoulder fades and he misses four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of them in a row. But guess what? He's not throwing picks, and he's backing off the defense, and then all of a sudden, by the time you throw the ninth one, boom, he scores a 57-yard touchdown on the ground because he's loosening up your defense. Or you run RPO, and boom, you get back-to-back 25-yard gains to the tight end right over the middle. It's all part of the offense, and that's why if you have him and you have the ability to run the ball like him, the the Bobcat formula is as simple as any formula in the league, and it might seem like low-hanging fruit, but it truly is almost unbeatable for what they have for their personnel and what who their head coach is and Brent Vegan, how he wants to win. And Jay Hill's the one that actually pointed this out to me. Once I started thinking about it, it's spot on. If the Cats outrush you and they turn the ball over less than you, they're going to beat you, period. And they might beat you 41-38. They might beat you 43-38. They might beat you 16-7. to They might beat you 14-6, to whatever it might be. You know, 24-20, they beat Eastern Washington last year. If they figure out a way to do those two things, they got you. And that's why then if Malat doesn't turn the ball over, he remains one of the great weapons in the league, even if he is so unbelievably inconsistent as a passer sometimes. Yeah, I think the other thing about Montana State's offense, as you point out here, Coulter, is that because so much of it is the RPO stuff, so much of it is, is on the quarterback the offense looks like what Tommy Malott is most comfortable doing, and that's not really even because the coaches are calling it that way. That's because Tommy Malott is is taking the shots, pulling the ball back out of the running back's chest when he thinks he has a one-on-one matchup for that deep ball down the sideline, and maybe not doing that on some other throws that he's not as comfortable making. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app coming to you. Through the ESPN MT studio, Andrew Houghton, man behind the glass, our producer here at ESPN, as well as uh, contributing writer at Skyline Sports, uh, chiming in, and uh, he'll continue to chime in throughout the show. Montana State and and uh, Tommy Malott, he will get his next challenge from the Cal Poly Mustangs. How much of a challenge will it be? Does Montana State have to worry about a trap game? 6-0 and in Big Sky Conference play, 8-1 and overall as they head to slow. Cal Poly without a league win so far. 
Cat Grizz, Grizz Cat, whatever you want to call it, looming on the horizon. I can tell you this. I think that for Cal Poly, they'd much, they'd no rather have any other scenario than to try to beat the number three team in the country. When you get to this point, you haven't won at all. What could make your season? Well, winning your last home game against the number three team in the country. That'd be pretty good. We caught up with Cal Poly quarterback Spencer Brash earlier this week. Well, it's time now for our Across the Sidelines, where we interview subjects from the opponents of both Montana and Montana State. And for the second week in a row, the Montana schools cross paths with the Cal Poly Mustangs. Cal Poly was in town last week in Missoula, and now they're back home. San Luis Obispo probably happy to be home, especially considering the way the weather is right now. We're joined by Spencer Brash. He's a quarterback for the Cal Poly Mustangs. Spencer, thanks for being here, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. First of all, just tell us about that dynamic. The weather last week was uh, less than ideal for uh, you guys uh, when you were in Missoula on Saturday. So, I mean, what was it like? Have you ever played a game with that much snow? I've honestly never seen that much snow, period, in my life, just coming down in general from Arizona. Not much snow comes around there. So, like, even seeing that much snow during the game was kind of crazy, but it was a great experience. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh... You know that it's uh, a lot of snow when a couple of the guys from Montana even said it was the most snow they'd ever played in. So, uh, I mean, how did, how did it affect you guys, if at all? Uh, I didn't really feel like it affected my passes too much. It was just it started at close to the end of the game, get a little bit uh, traction for receivers and a little bit for myself. But for the most part, throwing and affecting like the actual throw wasn't too much of an issue. It was more just trying to figure out timing with routes since everything is just changing conditions, trying to figure that out. Well, it seemed like maybe the, the special teams was hard, too, just with the punting and the snapping and stuff. I know that, you, that your punter had a little hard, a bit of a hard time just flipping the field just because it was just hard to catch the ball, it seemed like. Yeah. So it's definitely something that our team does not experience in uh, Central California and San Luis Obispo. Uh, the snow is just not often seen anywhere around here. So it's it's for a lot of the guys on the team, it was a change and a big uh, experience for them. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, take me through uh, this season so far. I know that it's uh, it's quite a challenge for the rebuild that you guys got going on considering uh, what Cal Poly was and what Coach Baldwin and his staff are trying to make it into. So, I mean, what's it been like sort of being on the ground floor of this rebuild? What, what, what sort of intrigued you about embracing this challenge there at Cal Poly? It is a lot that everyone has to change from. There's a lot of guys here that were in the triple option now going to more of a spread, off, uh, spread offense. So, there's a lot of different things from different positions that are still trying to get a little bit used to it, from receiving core to linemen all the way around. It's like it's just a little bit different for everyone. So it's still like a little bit building along those lines. But uh, I feel like we've done a lot better with it this year, progressing. Still nowhere where we need to want to or where we want to be easily by our, our record. But we've still been pretty successful in offense. Just our biggest issue has been scoring red zone. When it comes to that element, I mean, you guys have moved the ball on offense, and it seems like you are getting better in terms of the passing game particularly. What what are the next steps? I mean, what are the parts you are trying to sharpen up here? Uh, we first need to establish more of a run game. Like, it is great having to throw and being able to throw, but we need to have both facets of the game, not being able to just be one-sided offense. So, one, working on getting a run game established as well. And then just being able to everyone progress farther being able to learn more, just football in general, what we're supposed to know, seeing coverages, seeing defenses, just knowing what we're supposed to be doing on each play and just eliminating a lot of mental errors that we've had this year. Spencer Brash joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Or maybe you're catching this on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. No matter how you're listening, thanks for being here. Uh, Spencer, Tell us about your path to Cal Poly, because I know you started there at Cal Berkeley, and uh, that, that's two prestigious academic institutions, to be sure. You mentioned you're from Arizona, from Gilbert, Arizona, in the Phoenix area. Uh, just take us through kind of your path, your college career so far. What led you to Cal Poly ultimately? Uh, I started off when I got recruited from Baldwin to Cal, and the coaching staff changed. A little bit of a change for me just up there at Cal. Um, I just decided that it wasn't the best for me to stay in that area. So I went to the portal just trying to look for a new place I would be accepting and also just another great academic school because I just didn't want to leave Berkeley to go to another place. So I was still been really strong with the academics in that way. So hearing Baldwin reach out to me when I hit the portal and then being able to still offer that academic excellence that we have here and everything from that I had at Berkeley here and then also being able to play football again was just one of the biggest driving factors of my option to come here. 
what what, uh, what are you going to school for? Uh, right now, I'm in anthropology and geography, um, and then I have a minor in exercise and sports studies. Oh, very cool. I actually got a minor in geography uh, once upon a time, which is uh, very fascinating to learn about. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when, when you are balancing sort of the academic rigors with football, I mean, football is going to be hard from a time management standpoint doing the school part no matter where you're at. But when you're at a really hard school, yeah, I'm sure it's even more challenging. How, how do you go about just balancing that? And it's just a lot of time. You don't get a lot of free time to go do a lot. Like you're still just enjoying yourself, but it's just you got to de- dedicate time each day to both school and football. You can't just choose one or the other, then you start falling behind. So each day you got to be able to focus on the times of football and then school and vice versa, just going back and forth between the two. When it comes to this matchup this weekend, then first of all, I'm sure you guys are happy to be home. Yeah, it's going to be great to be home again. What do you think of the, the matchup with Montana State then? What, what do you see out of their defense, and uh, what are you guys looking at so far uh, early week here as you prepare for the Bobcat? Montana State's a great team, definitely going to be a challenge for us. We're just coming out to compete. We're definitely going to come out to win this game. That's our goal. And to just be able to compete with this team, just so that we still are a team that can compete with anyone. We just have been – our record has showed up a little bit on the wrong side. So we just need to start building the confidence in our team and the people around us a lot more, but being able to just compete with um, a great team like Montana State is would just be a huge victory for us. Well, they uh, they play a ton of man on the outside, and, and that's given them a lot of big plays, but also they've given up a lot of big plays because of it. So uh, when it comes to just attacking man coverage in general, what does that mean for you as a quarterback? What do you think of that challenge? Uh, nothing different from what we've done. Just keep playing the game that we have. Coach has given us game plan, and us being able to do what we're given from our coaches and work from that. Learning from Coach Baldwin, I've been around Coach Baldwin for a long time. I actually even covered him way back in his Central Washington days. And uh, he's such a great dude and such a smart coach. What have you learned from him, though, and, and what sort of confidence do you have in him and just the, sort of this offensive scheme and that he's proven over and over again it can be successful? Uh, just a lot of stuff. Even just our yardage this year, we, we show that we moved the ball. But it's got to get better when we get closer to the red zone on the fringe and getting in the red zone. We just have to get a lot better, but we've shown that we can move the ball. We can be able to push the ball down the field continuously, game in, game out, uh, being higher on the offense of, like, passing yards. We just know that we can do it, but we just need to be able to finish and move on from what we've done. Montana State at Cal Poly, the second-to-last weekend of the regular season. Spencer Brash, Cal Poly quarterback, joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Spencer, last thing for you, then, what, what do you think are the keys for you guys if you're going to come out on top against the Bobcats on Saturday? Everyone stay mentally focused, come out from first half to the last, and being able to compete. Spencer Brash, Cal Poly, they host the Bobcats on Saturday. Spencer, thanks for being here, man. Thank you very much. We're chuckling because um, it's just funny. It's funny when you have rebuilding programs, and as Coach Baldwin, Bo Baldwin, said on this here radio show last week, you can find it on the ESPN Roundtable as well uh, from last Wednesday's podcast, Nuanas Now. Um. It's it's always hard rebuilding a program. It's particularly hard when all of the programs that have the most history and tradition and resources have already been rebuilt, <laughs> and now you're trying to catch them. Like, you're not just rebuilding Cal Poly, but you're rebuilding Cal Poly when Montana's not down, or Montana State's not down, and Idaho's not down anymore, and Weber State is a playoff contender. And, oh, by the way, they're all chasing out of nowhere Sacramento State. It makes it tough, like... Even if you can get so Eastern's down right now, so even if you can get past Eastern, you can still only make really a leap feasibly in the next couple years to like what sixth in the league, fifth in the league. I don't know. It's gonna be pretty hard. Uh, it's gonna, I shouldn't say gonna be pretty hard. It's gonna take a while to uh, catch some of the powers that be in the Big Sky Conference here, Cal Poly. But Spencer Brash, pretty good, and uh, Jaden Jakes. Their other uh, quarterback that was hurt earlier this year, he was actually the guy that was the starter coming out of uh, fall camp. So I was just chuckling because I think there's this uh, like always buzzing narrative about how the quarterback is just such a, a central part of everything you do. And it, it is true, but if you only have a quarterback and you don't have anybody else around them, and Chris Coleman's pretty good, the receiver there at Cal Poly too. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that they have literally nothing. They do have a few pieces, but uh, they have a long ways to go. The quarterback is the least of their issues, though. That's why I was chuckling because uh, they actually have the quarterback spot decently figured out, and uh, 
everything else around it is just a work in progress, uh, to say the least. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Last regular season home game of the year for the Montana Grizzlies. Eastern Washington's in town, but this game only has playoff ramifications on one side. What does Montana head coach Bobby Houck have to say about this game? And what does he remember about the crazy matchups last year between the Grizzlies and Eastern? Houck highlights. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. I wonder what Gavin Rossdale's doing right now. Actually, I don't. Uh, just amazing how big you can be for a moment in time and then fade away so fast. The story of the 90s, right? Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. A little bush for you here uh, on your Thursday. Want to go watch the Grizz hockey team? Of course you do. It's, it's winter outside now, so might as well go stand in the cold of the Glacier Ice Rink and uh, have some action in front of you. Stay warm, drinking some beer, some seltzers. We got a four-pack of tickets for you, courtesy of Katie O'Keefe's. So all you got to do right now is call us. Friday night, 7.30, puck drop at Glacier Ice Rink. Eastern Washington in town, take on Grizz Hockey. We'll have the call here on ESPN Radio as well, as well as the ESPN MT app. So here's what you do. You call me. Call number 5-406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You call me. We call Katie O'Keefe's. We get you set up. You go pick up your uh, tickets at Katie's, and you drink a pitcher of beer. You can have it before or after the game, whatever. But it comes with a pitcher of beer there at Katie O'Keefe's. And uh, then you walk on over to the Glacier Ice Rink and watch some Grizz hockey action. So they'll be playing Eastern Friday and Saturday. Uh, so... Crazy to think the Grizz hockey season is now. Uh, after Saturday, it'll be on the, the second half. So uh, amazing how much time flies. But they've played a bunch of games recently. They had uh, games Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, each of the last two weekends. Uh, no Thursday night this week, just uh, Friday, Saturday. But uh, an Eastern Washington-filled weekend with the Eastern football team and the Eastern hockey team both coming to Missoula. Speaking of the Eastern Washington football game... The Eagles, trying to measure if Eastern has taken some serious uh, slippage in terms of their prominence as a Big Sky program and how much of that is influenced by the powerhouse schedule they played and how much that is influenced by the dynamic or narrative around their athletic department is it's hard to gauge. Because I think you could object. Well, I mean, it's not even an objective analysis. Eastern's had one of the toughest schedules in the country this year. They they opened up their season with Eddie George's Tennessee State team at home. They won the game. Then they played at Oregon. They hosted Montana State, and then they played at Florida, and then they played Weber State and Sac State. And so they played the three best teams in the conference with two of the most prominent programs in the country on the schedule in between those. So or I guess sandwiched around those. So that in itself explains part of why Eastern is 2-7 and seven as they come to Missoula, period. But 
you can also say that Eastern Washington, for years and years and years, they would have figured out a way to win two out of three, if not three out of three of those games. Eastern Washington was all, Montana State's been tough for a really long time. Weber State's been tough for a really long time. Sac State's been tough these last couple of years. Eastern hasn't beat Sac State though since Sac State became tough, so you, or became uh, a real contender, or I guess the contender in the case of the Hornets. But um, so I guess it's, it's hard to analyze if Eastern's two and seven record is all schedule or part schedule and part regression. I think it's both. I have thought Eastern was going to regress the last several years, and, and that has nothing to do with anything besides. I think that Eastern is all Eastern Washington's always going to be able to get really good quarterbacks. They're always going to be able to get really good skill position guys. And they've traditionally been very good, at least for probably a 30-year run here on the offensive line. But because their whole style and their whole brand was based on their offense, most people were not paying attention to the defense, and they were basically taking the low-hanging fruit that Eastern isn't very good on defense. That's objectively actually been very untrue. Eastern's played a very different style of defense, one that complements their high-flying offense. They have never been really even trying to give up 14 points per game. They're not trying to be a low-scoring defense as much as they're trying to be a playmaking-type defense, one that can get tackles for loss, one that can uh, rush the passer, get to the quarterback, and most importantly, force takeaways because then your offense can have more possessions. So Eastern has actually always been talented in the secondary. I mean, they've had multiple safeties that have gone to the NFL. Matt Johnson was a fourth-round draft pick out of Eastern Washington. Zach Johnson, his brother, really good player as well. I mean, they've had uh, Zach Bruce was a really good player there at safety. The guy who's wearing number four at Eastern, he's been a borderline NFL guy for quite some time. That's their legacy number that they give to a defensive back or a linebacker. The guy wearing number four, been a really good player for a really long time. They've also had some great linebackers. I mean, you talk about in the secondary, too, they've had some great corners. I mean, T.J. Lee was a pro for almost 10 years up in the CFL. And then you talk about uh, their guys up front. They've had multiple Buck Buchanan-type award winners. Greg Peach, J.C. Sherritt both come to mind. Uh, Ronnie Hamlin, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Big Sky Conference. And they've had some great defensive linemen. Samson Ebucom was a third-round draft pick. Um, JT Tululi was the Big Sky Conference MVP the last time Eastern Washington made the run to the national championship game in Aaron Best's second year. So my whole prediction, my prognosis that Eastern was going to fall off had very much less to do with Eric Berrier graduating and very much more to do with analyzing sort of the decline in the talent of the defensive side of the ball there in Cheney. For, for several years now, you've been able to see it. And uh, so that has um, had me thinking that Eastern would fall off. I've actually thought Eastern was going to fall off several years in a row now. I had Eastern in the middle of the league in my preseason poll for about three years running. Shame on me because I, miss, I did not uh, realize or I guess I didn't give enough credence and credit to just how good Eric Berrier was and also how much Tololu Limu Jones was going to emerge. He was sort of this tweener, tight end slash inside receiver, and then he just became this guy that could move all over the formation and was an All-American a year ago. And uh, those guys really carried Eastern's offense and made them way better than I thought they were going to be uh, these last couple of years. Well, now, though, that defensive uh, depletion and talent has come back, and it's, it's biting Eastern Washington right now. They are second to last in the league in total defense, they're giving up almost 300 rushing yards per game. And uh, the offense, it's only scoring about 25. Usually they're used to scoring about 45. So Gunnar Tockington's been above average. He's been pretty good. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Um, but that's different than best quarterback in the country. Freddie Roberson, uh, Efton Chisholm, they've been two of the best receivers in the conference. That's also different, though, than being the best wide receiving core in the United States, being the best receivers. I mean, the, the, the 2016 group... That's the best group wide receivers in, in, in SCS history, I think you could argue. I mean, Cooper Cup's a Super Bowl MVP, and Kendrick Bourne is a starter in the NFL or has been a starter in the NFL at, for multiple teams. So uh, ridiculous talent there. That's all to say Eastern still comes to Missoula with an offense that will be able to attack the Montana defense. If Gunnar Talkington can, can make throws on the run, he can stand in there, stare down the barrel, make the throws uh, through contact, and uh, Freddie Roberson, Efton Chisholm can make plays in space. Eastern will hang around a little bit, I think. 
there's also you know the added element of this is the game of the year for them now. It always is when they play the Grizzlies, but super elevated now uh, given the state of their season. So we talked to Bobby Houck, Montana head coach, just about Eastern Washington. He has a few thoughts about his team's 57-0 uh, win over Cal Poly, which he starts with, and uh, then some questions about taking on the Eagles yet again. They played the, the uh, Eastern Washington Eagles twice last year, so some thoughts on last year's games as well. That was a really good, complete win for our team on, on Saturday. You know, shutout. It was big. That's the top pass offense in our league, and I think they were third in the country going into the game. So that was big. Um, offensively, we had our way. School record first downs, nearly a school record in yards. A lot of guys got to play. So with that, we're on to Eastern. So just go forth. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, – Big game, obviously, for our team. Uh, chance to get our seventh win. You know, it's, it's Military Appreciation Day, which is always really cool. Something we've chosen to do every year and around veteran, near Veterans Day. It's uh, close to a sellout. If it's not, I think it'll be there by the end of the week. Um, Eastern's uh, they're a very skilled team. They've got they've got uh, a lot of weapons, particularly on the offensive side. Um, we're concerned with a lot of things they're doing. They have a lot of a lot of offense to try to get a handle on. Um, they view it as a rivalry game, and and uh, Coach Best and his staff always do a nice job of preparing for us. They have a lot of big plays on film, so uh, big work, uh, big week of, of work ahead. Similar question for you, Coach. I mean, what sort of focus do you hope the guys have uh, when it is snowy and cold and, and wet like this? I think that, you know, I'll second what he said a little bit is we have a standard and it doesn't really matter if it's hot out or cold out or it's raining or it's dark or whatever, we're going to go play. Um, in fact, I think it's, I personally think it's harder to play when it's really hot than when it's cold. So we'll go to work. That's what we do. Eastern Washington, how similar do they look? Uh, you played them twice last year. Are they doing anything different uh, with Gunnar Talkington at quarterback than they were doing with Eric Berrier? Uh, they're 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 similar. I mean, they are going to be way different and, you know, they aren't going to be exactly the same because they have different personnel, but um, very similar to what, what they were a year ago. They do a good job of getting their receivers, the ball in space and kind of letting those guys get yards after catch. Um, what's your thoughts just on that element of the game? Well, they have, there's a lot of big plays, um, you know, both run and pass game, but a lot of them in the pass game. Um Number one, Roberson's a big play guy. He he leads him in receptions and yards, but he's not the only one. Um, like I said, there there are a lot of big plays on film. We're really concerned with their screen game. Um, as, as prevalent throughout and and really every down and distance. So we're we we got a big week of work ahead. And Nash. They want to make you tackle in space. You guys are so good at tackling in space, though. So what do you think of just the challenge of, of Eastern's offense? Yeah, like Coach said, they have really talented skilled players, both sides of the ball. Um, I think one thing that we might have going for us right now is Cal Poly tried, came out and tried to screen game us, and we, I think we defended it pretty well. Uh, but like you said, just got to tackle in space. Getting, getting on and off blocks is huge, especially on the perimeter, and getting their skill guys down on the ground. Um, when you look at uh, just kind of the game that your team had on offense, like just how much confidence does that give you guys going into a game against a team like Eastern where last year you had a lot of success on offense against them and you know you guys are coming off such a strong performance this week? Well, it's always exciting to have a good performance rather than a poor one. Um, you certainly feel better about yourself. Um, you know, we're, we're, the, we're the same team week to week. We just need to perform at a certain level and um, – we performed at a high level on Saturday, and you know, obviously, it's my hope as the head coach that that continues. I, mean, I know you talked post game a little bit. And Lucas did uh, being a San Diego kid, his first game in the snow. What did you think, just in general, coming back from injury, his first game back? What were your thoughts on his performance? He played really well. Um, yeah, he, he played well. He, he he was on point with a lot of things. Uh, didn't make, you know, there's no perfect games, but he didn't make very many mistakes. He made a few. Uh, Really thought he played well. He was uh, he was very enthused to be back out there, which I think is contagious. Whether it's 
Hunter and the front guys or Nash and the other secondary guys. I mean, it's all contagious, and, and Lucas was excited to get, out, get back out there, and it showed. Coach, what do you remember about the, uh, the game against Eastern last year here, the playoff game? Oh, well, um, first of all, we won pretty convincingly. Uh, I thought we had a, had a you know, kind of like last Saturday. We played pretty well in all three phases. Um, I also remember they got down a bunch, and I think they threw it 82 times or something like that. Those are the things that kind of stick out. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, oh, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Same, same thing for you, uh, Nash, just the, the fact that they did throw the ball. I mean, you know, I think that's the most pass attempts in the history of the Big Sky Conference. So what was it like playing defensive back in that game? Yeah, I remember there was one drive specifically before halftime where I was like, they were, throwing, they were throwing the ball, they were going tempo, and I remember running up to the locker room and being pretty gassed. But that's what they do, and they have the, they have the talent at receiver to do it. So wouldn't expect anything different this Saturday. There you go. Oh, Grizz football action here. On Nuana's Dow, Bobby Houck, Houck highlights. Also, you hear from Nash Vouch. A couple uh, good quotes there from the junior safety for the Montana Grizzlies. Houck highlights presented each Thursday by Ryan Holloway and Miller. Ryan Holloway and Miller Law Firm has established a strong, well-earned reputation with their respected attorneys in criminal defense and personal injury. Nate Holloway can handle the most complex criminal cases, while Paul Ryan is known for his high acumen for DUI cases. Angie Miller has a biology degree, which gives her an elevated expertise in evaluating personal injury medical malpractice cases. Together, the trio can help you no matter your legal need. Case evaluation is free, and the phone line is always open 24-7. Ryan, Holloway, and Miller, your Montana attorneys. In Grizz football news, uh, Moses Mallory, who was a uh, starter on the offensive line for the Grizz the last couple of seasons, a senior on last year's team, I uh, just saw on social media that he has signed a free agent contract with the Frisco Fighters. So I had never heard of that. Uh, so I Googled Frisco Fighters. It's a professional indoor football team. So uh, good for him. Here's the thing. If you sign a contract with an indoor football team like the Frisco Fighters, it's because you love playing football. Therefore, if you are choosing to do so, uh, no matter the prestige, prominence, or paycheck that you're about to receive from that opportunity, uh, I commend you, and also I'm happy for you because that obviously makes you very happy, and you obviously love uh, the game of football. So if you can keep on playing football, good for you. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. How about some all-class volleyball? Plus, how about a six-pack of beer and a sandwich, courtesy of Warden's Market? We'll do that on the other side. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio Missoula. The extravaganza is underway. Welcome back. You want us now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Before we get to said extravaganza, how about some free stuff for you? Got a six-pack of beer, any six-pack of beer of your choice from Warden's Market, and a sandwich to go along with it. Might I suggest the TBLT on a baguette? You can switch over the bread however you like. Uh, or the classic, the original, the WAPA. Call right now if you want a six-pack of beer of your choice and a sandwich from Warden's Market. 406-888-1029, caller number three. We have a six-pack of beer and a sandwich, courtesy of Warden's Market. In the heart of Missoula, Missoula's oldest grocery store, located there on the corner of Spruce and Higgins. Call right now, 406-888-1029. Caller number three, six-pack of beer and a sandwich, courtesy of Warden's Market. Let's take a look at some all-class volleyball scores. We'll start with double A. And uh, in the 
opening match of the Class AA tournament. This is the uh, the extravaganza I'm referring to is this all-class volleyball tournament in Bozeman. It's at Brick Breeden Fieldhouse. Got four courts going at all times. It is uh, such a fun, fun uh, environment, such a fun event. The first game of the double, first match, excuse me, of the double-A tournament, Billings West sweeps Missoula Big Sky 3 to nothing, and Bozeman Gallatin sweeps Missoula Hellgate 3-0. to zero. So, uh, showing of dominance of the East, and then that continued this afternoon. Great Falls CMR, who's the defending state champion, they beat Helena High 3-1. Helena High went undefeated through the uh, regular season in the Western AA and was the Western AA divisional champs, yet they lose 3-1 to to the defending state champion, Rustler. So that's your first upset of the bracket thus far. And then in the uh, the afternoon game, which is uh, probably, oh, probably about midway done, started at 4, maybe a little after 4, Missoula Sentinel and Billing Senior. So can the West find some semblance of success here in the first round of the AA uh, I'm not sure because that's actually one of the worst matchups in the first round because Sentinel's good, but Billings Senior uh, seems like they've revitalized what uh, once was for a, a long time under Jeff Carroll, the uh, the richest tradition in Class AA, 12 state championships under Coach Carroll. So uh, Senior has been the team to beat for so long, and uh, they're they're back uh, rolling a little bit with Courtney Badbear as the head coach there. And... Uh, We'll see if the West can t- can muster any success in the first round of the uh, Class AA State Volleyball Tournament. A Class A, actually, you know what? We're up against it, and uh, we went a little short on our uh, NFL betting segment uh, earlier this week when, when I recorded with Brooks Nuanas. So let's put a close on hour number one, come back hour number two. We'll talk some more all-class volleyball. We'll also talk a little bit of high school football and We'll talk our way around the NFL. Some of the key storylines, some of the best betting lines, some of the best point totals as well. All that next, our number two of Nuana's Now coming at you. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.